Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. with the subtle racism. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Raz Podcast. I am your host, Matt Bowie, and I am joined today again by T-Hole Bedict and Jason Longfellow. Jay, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I don't know. T-Hole, how are you? I haven't really thought about it. Actually, I, I haven't really thought about it. Maybe I'm having a horrible day. Let me go to T-Hole first, and then I'll think about it. All right, T-Hole. <laughs> You're full of tea. Yes. T-Hole, how are you, man? I am doing outstanding. I am just, I am on cloud nine right now. I'm having a great week for consecutive weeks. I'm on a mission. I'm on a, just a mission of excellence in every aspect of life, including the Raz, whatever you call it now, podcast. And I'm, it's an honor to be on here anytime you have me. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Yeah, Do you care to elaborate? What's going on, man? Oh, everything, man. I just feel so much better. Everything's going great. I feel reborn. Weather's great. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm hanging outside. Work's going great. A lot of stuff's going really good right now. Although, my grandfather died a couple weeks ago. But other than that, it's all good. We're celebrating his life on Tuesday. I wish you guys could come because I'm going to drop a speech for the ages. In yeah, remembrance of a legend. I oh, will. Sorry, sorry to hear about your grandfather, but you have to record that speech. I assume, I assume it's going to be fantastic. Um, but yeah, I want, to stick with you. I want to stick with you, T-Hole. Um, so, Ryan Tannehill got hurt today. He hurt his knee, and the Dolphins haven't ruled out season-ending knee surgery. So... At the beginning of the day, there was all sorts of talk about Kaepernick because every time there's a quarterback opening, it always just goes right to Kaepernick. But later on in the day, uh, we found out from ESPN's Jeff Darlington that uh, retired quarterback Jay Cutler would be willing to play for his ex-coach uh, Adam Gacy in the Dolphins. So which one would you prefer uh, if either of these options are available? Who would I prefer? I would prefer Kaepernick. Of course Jay Cutler wants to go play for his corner in Miami. Go take a break. Go take a little vacay down in Miami. Chilling by the beach. 
smoking cigarettes, doing whatever it is that he does <laughs> out there. Who cares what Jay Cutler wants to do? This guy is a bum, a proven loser. I don't care. Kaepernick, everybody, I, I was sort of on the opposite side of Kaepernick being like, you know, maybe it's just the poor, the regression in play is kind of keeping him out because uh, it's kind of a weird and awkward to have him as a backup. But then with like the Flacco situation and now this situation, you know, if you don't bring him in at this point, like because you're scared of alienating the fans because he kneeled, not because to protest America, but to protest police brutality. I mean, it's becoming a joke, and I'm glad the players are starting to speak out on it, and I'm fully on board that this guy should be in the league at this point. This guy is more talented than any backup in the NFL at this point, more talented than a handful of starters, at more talented than a lot of starters, but will he put it together on the field? I don't know, but should he be brought in? Should he be signed? Absolutely. He sh- he's the guy. Go there. As, as, as long as he wins, as long as he plays well, the fans are going to like him. They let Michael Vick Look what this guy did. This guy did horrible things. He was imprisoned for two years. And some people are comparing this like, oh, well, yes. I'm like, what is, you're comparing what Kaepernick did to this? Because, whatever. I mean, there's this is becoming a joke to me. I'm glad that players like Malcolm Jenkins, yesterday Richard Sherman, I mean, they're just dropping knowledge. I mean, this is a joke. And this is like the, they're talking about alienating the fan base. Like, these guys are going to but people love this game. I'll tell you, I bet if he wins one game for the first game of the season, everybody's back up. Oh, we love the guy. That's what happened with Michael Vick. That's what happens with anybody who turns it around on the field. I'm sick of it, and that's it. I'm bringing him in. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole thing, it the whole excuse now is this vegan diet when Tom as a vegan diet too and it's just all weird and we all know what it is and so someone's gonna have to bring Kaepernick in and it's either gonna be the Dolphins or Ravens are gonna get talked into it but the players are starting to speak out like you said so eventually something's gonna happen uh Jay did you talk about the RCL leagues at all yeah we are launching RCLs on Monday which is exciting stuff. We were actually supposed to launch this week, but we're working out some kinks. Um, you know, there'll be more on this on Monday where we go into detail. But, you know, we obviously, you know, the last few years we've pinged the readers on what they'd like to see in a format. And the number one wish, well, the number number two wish, I think, the number one is that they all requested to be in Teal's League so they could show them what's up. But the number... <laughs> The number two request was to get rid of kickers and DSTs in some manner or form. And we hadn't really thought of a way to do it until... Well, that's kind of inaccurate. We sort of had an idea which way we wanted to go. If people have been um, reading our site and and playing in our leagues the last few seasons, they've noticed that we've also not only had our standard half PPR leagues uh, for the the, uh, readers and listeners, but we've also had... Um, a separate uh, IDP uh, league element that where you could compete for prizes. And we started that the first year. We just did two leagues. Uh, it was really popular. And last season, I think we had four or five leagues fill up, maybe even six. I can't remember the exact numbers. So that was qu- sort of leading into this season where we went ahead and decided to change our format, which is really exciting because uh, I'd like to think that we at Rasball kind of push – uh, the envelope when it comes to what the future is of the sport. At least I, I'd like us to be known for that. And th- in, in this regard, um, which is why when I took over the site, we we went from standard leagues to half PPR. I didn't want to go full PPR because I think that's a little too 
aggressive uh, when it comes to scoring. I think half PPR is a nice medium. But now we're going to uh, three IDP spots, and we are getting rid of DST and kickers, and we're keeping the half PPR element. And I really think this is a nice little middle ground because you, you don't have to be... You don't have to get deep into the woods in, in IDP in, in, in that element. You don't have to know who the the entire secondary is of you know the Panthers or something. I just picked a team because I don't know who's who's back there right now. But but you know what I'm saying? Like you you just pick one uh, defensive lineman, one defensive back, and one linebacker. And so anyone's gonna know you know who Joey Bosa is, you know, or who um, Eric Weddle is. Even though I'm just naming Chargers, it's my safety <laughs> it's my safety zone. But I don't know, like what you know, we've had discussions privately, especially you guys were part of that discussion. Like, what what do you guys think is going to happen? What, how do you uh, foresee this uh, this little experiment going this year? I love IDP leagues. I've been playing in them for five years or so, and I think once people actually are introduced to them that haven't played in them before, they'll find themselves really more into defense, really more into paying attention to the scoring in the leagues, and uh, really just becoming, uh, if they aren't already, a uh, much more in-tuned fantasy football player when you're uh, looking at both sides of the ball. But yeah, IDP leagues are awesome. They're addicting. Like I have to play in at least two of them a year. So I think it's a great addition this year, especially since it was already popular in years past. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. I think three spots is a great introduction, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a great way to play. What do you think, T-Hole? Like cocaine addiction or heroin addiction? How addicted are you, Matt? This sounds like a problem. Cigarette addiction. Uh, <laughs> That's a tough one, but I'd like you to get a hold of that before it gets out of control. Seek help if you need it, bro. I'm here for you. Kevin Kump, Kump was a legend. Is he still helping us out with that? He got me in my first ever IDP league, and I, you know, I do enjoy it. I like to bring in as many defensive players as I can. I mean, I love the whole sport. So I'd like to get as involved as humanly possible. If it wasn't that successful with it, it's kind of a, it's a little bit different than people may think. I mean, since there's so much based on tackles and things of that nature. So, I mean, it's like sometimes it's not necessarily the guys that you are the superstars are going to be superstars. But there's other guys that may go before guys you're not sure of. So you need to do a little bit of research. I would recommend checking in with Kump Diddy, Kump Daddy, because... He's done really well nationally, done really well in some rankings. So if he, I know he's trying to take a step back, but he's, as far as commitment, or at least I thought he said that like a year ago, but he's really, he's been a basketball contributor. It's not my specialty, but I enjoy playing. I'm glad we're doing it. As far as removing the kickers, I got, I have zero problem with that. I mean, it's, it's cool when you're winning because you're a kicker, but it's even worse when you're losing because of a kicker. So, I have no problem removing that. Defense, you know, what I do in my home league, my big money league, we removed, we did defenses, but we removed special teams. So you can't, like, you don't get points, like, if you get a kick return or a punt return, because, unless you have that individual player, because that's not defense. Me, that's not the same thing so we scratch that out so it's strictly defensive only you know what i'm saying so 
I like that a lot. So, I mean, I'd be open to that or just removing it. I don't care, man. I just couldn't win. I just couldn't play. Jay mentioned the people want to play in my league. I'm going to start multiple leagues this year, and I'm winning first place in every single goddamn one of them. <laughs> All right. One, one last thing, too, about the RCLs. Um, you know, the the best part is we, we're switching from Yahoo to Fantrax. And uh, for those people out there who play in, in fancy baseball dynasty leagues and whatnot, a lot of people out there probably recognize who Fantrax is. They're they're a really great site in that they customize everything. Maybe a little too much because I know T-Hole gets a little overwhelmed with all the options. But we, we yeah. are happy to work with them in that they're going to come – and provide us with leagues that are preset. So that means, you know, for all the RCL commissions out there who created leagues and and uh, uh, hosted leagues for us, you had to go through a process in which you create a league, you change your options, you go through all the hoops to, to create a league based on our criteria. Well, we're basically getting rid of that. Basic, essentially, when you create a league, you don't have to do anything. Everything's already preset for you. All you have to do, all you have to do, is choose a date and uh, a time for your draft, and that's it. So we're wow. really excited about that aspect. So even I can handle that without Jay's help. Maybe. Wow. Possibly. That's <laughs> incredible. Don't hold that's your like breath. a dream come true, man. Wow. Wow. This is that just made my day. Thank you. <laughs> well, it seems like a waste of time to talk about anything else at this point. Now that we got the important stuff out of the way, other than Game of Thrones, Jay, do you have the do you have the music? Yeah, yeah. No. Donna, Donna, Donna. There it is. Donna, Donna. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'll start with you, T Hole. Uh, so in episode two, we did we didn't show up last week. Uh, in episode two, Arya, um, out of nowhere. Uh, seems to uh, run into her dire wolf in another pack of wolves. And at the end, she said something interesting. At the end of the scene, she said, that's not you. So I was wondering, I was a little confused by it. What do you think she meant by it? Well, I read somewhere, I didn't make the connection myself, so I'm not going to take credit for it, but I did read, I read somewhere that somebody said that to, I think, her, I believe, a yeah, long was, time was, ago. Uh, it was her dad, Ned Stark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to her dad or something. And um, so that's where that all tied together. So that's sort of interesting. I guess Jay would probably be able to explain that better because I, I just briefly remember reading something about it. Yeah, but she, uh, I don't know if she, I still don't know if she meant like that's not you being with that, with the wolf squad or that's not you being with humans. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but. Yeah, I have no idea. Let's move after Jay can break it down because he's much more intelligent than i but it was still pretty cool to bring the dire wolves back in the action the wolf pack i can see that they're going to come back into the mix at some point they're going to be a nice little addition to the army i can say that with certainty yeah jd what t-hole meant was what what he lacks in smarts to me i lack in looks to him so it evens out at the end um no i only i only I only made this connection because, you know, I told you guys last time I'm going through the rewatch. Uh, and in season one, I remember the scene because uh, it was when Sanso was really into the fact that she was going to marry uh, Joffrey. She really wanted that lifestyle. And uh, our, Ned Stark was telling her about how she's going to marry, uh, you know, he's going to hook her up with, uh, with a good and honest man later on. And, you know, she can uh. be uh, whatever, like a lady and whatnot. And she's like... Um, she told him that's not me, you know, and so that's where that conversation came from. I took it when 
when she said it to Nymeria in, in that she realizes when she asks Nymeria to come with her and Nymeria says, nope, I'm out of here. She realizes that that's not Nymeria. So it kind of, it, it kind of plays a sort of, um, like not just foreshadowing from earlier, you know, Game of Thrones is always famous for that, but it kind of mirrors that character, you know, how a lot of these direwolves, at least in the books, I think Teal could actually uh, give a little more info on that because he's he's a book reader. But a lot of the a lot of the direwolves, you know, uh, were proxies for their for their owner essentially. So I think in this case, Namiria is out in the wild, very solo. She she's created kind of a wolf pack that follows her around and kind of leads this rebellious or you know independent thing. And that's kind of where Arya is at right now too. So they kind of you know, she realizes that you know, to if Nymeria went with her to uh, where she's heading to Winterfell, it wouldn't it wouldn't be right? Like it it doesn't match the who who she is now that Nymeria is. So that that was just my take from it. I, I think it's open to interpretation though, just because it was a little vague. That's right. quite quite accurate though. That's that's kind of what I was, wish I had the uh, capabilities to say. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and just take. But goddamn, if you're not handsome. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> okay, well. So uh, yeah, Arya Arya nowhere to be seen uh, this past week in episode three. So I assume it's just kind of her. She's journeying back to Winterfell, as you mentioned, Jay. So I assume that Jon Snow is going to be getting back around the same time. So do you guys see a Stark reunion uh, in this next upcoming episode? I don't know. Jay? I, I get the feeling that John's kind of stuck right now um, because oh, that's be right, yeah. the Dragon Glass. Um, I guess that's what they agreed to in, in the third episode. Um, we did get Bronn. I was going to get to that. That's or brand. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, that was just bad hosting. So yeah, go ahead with uh, Arya. Oh, damn it. I know. I, I mean, it it depends. Uh, I think you know the as you can tell this season. Maybe even last season too. They're getting really fast and loose with the traveling, and uh, yeah, they definitely are. Right, like I think, and they're taking a lot of liberties too because, for like T Hole will recognize this too. You know the whole thing of where their strategy was to escort. You know the the Ironborn uh, Yara and uh, Theon were there to escort the uh, you know Alaria and the Sand Snakes back down to Dorne just to come back up, like, that's a long-ass trip, like, they could've, they should've, because a lot of people don't realize, like, Dragonstone is basically across from King's Landing, it's like on the, I don't know how to describe it, like, Teal, could you describe it, or would it be, like, kind of, like, if, if Dragonstone was Baltimore, King's Landing would be, like, <laughs> North Carolina, you know what I mean? And, and you got these, like, two huge fleets passing each other, too, with Euron's fleet, and they never met up the first time, but, I don't know, it's just... The traveling doesn't make sense to me too much. I, I think they're just, you know, like, you know, F it. We'll just, we'll just do what whatever the story demands. It's got to be uh, driving our uh, George Martin nuts. That's his name, right, George? George R.R. R. Martin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be driving him nuts with the... Uh, I mean, they surpassed him where he was at in the books, and... I mean, Screw, it's just kind it's of... F him! Who cares? Driving him? That's true. That's waiting 20 goddamn years <laughs> for this book to come out? I don't... Who cares what he feels like? This is... That's on him, man. This is a joke. And I'm sure... I'm sure that he has a lot of control because uh, Weiss and Benioff are, like, disciples of Martin. They're, like, his hugest fans. I, You know, that's why they nailed this job because they just... They were so into the novels and, you know, them being writers themselves. Um, and I... I just want to add, 
By the way, I've T Hole knows this from our past uh, uh, shows on, on Game of Thrones, but I'll sit there and I'll 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 complain. I'll I'll just berate some of the bad writing that they have on this show. But I have to say, the last. I would say the last seven or eight hours of this show are the best seven or eight hours I've ever seen on television when it comes to writing, cinematography, action, uh, you know, just everything about it has just been nailed. Like, I, I would say the last, uh, you know, like maybe, what is that, seven or six episodes? Yeah, it's just been incredible. Not only that, but all the storylines are condensing, so it right. makes more sense to, you know, just the viewer who doesn't read the books or the viewer who has had a few beers before they're watching the show. (laughs) I read, I read that next season, the the producers of the show are already thinking about uh, having more than one or two episodes longer than two hours for the six episodes of the final season. Oh, that'd be perfect. Right? I mean, that's like a weekly movie. That's like the best movie. (laughs) That's what I need to see. I mean, that's what Jay's saying is absolutely correct to me. This is like, the clearly the greatest show ever made. The cinematography, mm, the leftovers, it's it just no. Cinematography yes. <laughs> is just absolutely incredible. The money that goes into this, everything. There's more of the dragons. There's more of the animals. I mean, they obviously put a bunch of money into this. The writing has been great. Everything's been great. That I'm just a little disappointed that they shortened this season and next season. I don't really understand that they obviously. I mean, they did a whole battle at actually rock and i mean they didn't it just did like a segment where they're basically doing a talk over or while they're going through it's it like, like an it's, 80s movies montage <laughs> right, it's just like a montage this big battle and it's just kind of like you know it's almost it's almost too fast for me while they're focusing on some of the other stuff but i on the other hand i do like it that they're progressing and moving forward because they almost they have to at this point i don't know why they're in such a hurry to end the show or to do less episodes when it's at an all-time popularity but yeah if they do some extended episodes next season i'm all for that i go i would i would watch this show every week if it was three hours long i mean i just love everything about the show i could watch it i would watch it no matter how long it was i i just love it and you know one one thing that i'm kind of greedy about that you know is is what i loved the most about the earlier seasons is the exposition while they were traveling like you know whenever uh, a character arc or multiple characters were traveling together. That's when you got to learn about the characters, their interactions, and the world building, and everything. And I do sort of miss that, especially now. Like T Hole, what you're saying about them condensing it. Now you have a scene where you see someone traveling, like Yar and Theon, and you just know something's going to go down because you know they're not going to waste time with the exposition. So it's kind of a spoiler in itself. You know, you just sort of knew, like, okay, they're just sailing in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, shit's about to go down. So that's kind of a that's kind of one of those negative aspects of, of, of condensement. But, you know, I have to say the quality thus far has just been amazing. And not just the writing, but the banter. The character banter is out of this world. Like every single scene with every single character, just it chews up the scenery so much. I'm just I'm I'm flabbergasted at how good because the banter has always been pretty good. But in this case, like even even just a simple handshake between uh, Sam and Jorah, like it just made me have the feels, you know, and there was like no, there was no uh, dialogue, you know, it was just, it was the acting, it was just the, the, the fact that you know these characters thick and through, like you, you spent six years with them, it's just an incredible feeling to get the payoff, especially in this show, because there are times when you would watch a show and the payoff wasn't good. It wasn't. It wouldn't be a payoff. It, it would be. It would be a little bit of suffering. You know, you'd suffer with these characters. You you would feel sick to your stomach about what was seeing on screen. But uh, this season and the last season, you're seeing just 
Like, I, I don't want to call it a reward, but, like, the, every, all the time and emotion you've invested in this show, they're, they're actually giving it back to you uh, instead of, like, something like Lost, where it was probably the laziest kind of ending they could have given, or maybe Dexter, which oh. in the last three seasons were the worst seasons of television I've oh. ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? They're, like, they're providing the fan service, but they're doing it in a way that is true to the story, and I think they should get a lot of credit for that, the writers and the producers and everyone. Dexter. Hey Jay, I you, did you? What did you do to celebrate the deaths of a couple of those sand snakes? I felt like we were maybe cracked <laughs> open a bottle yeah. of nineteen thirty eight oh. whiskey or something. I mean, I don't know what you oh, did, man. but I, I was. I, I was uh, Cersei so was hard. so savage about it. Oh, oh it's yeah. just amazing. Yeah, and I gotta say, um, the 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 actress who plays Alaria, she she nailed that incredibly well. I mean, just even the small time actors. And yeah, you know, I feel like. Euron is my kind of crazy. You know, I know he's Woo! a bad guy, and in the books what? he's really sadistic. But man, the way he the way he fights, the way he exudes his energy is just incredible. Just he he gives what? he gives Jamie all the shit in the world. He gives uh, you know, he's just <laughs> just the way he killed the Sand Snakes was hilarious because you, you know, he's, yeah, he's go a ahead. savage. Where yeah. is he in your Where is he in your rankings of Game of Thrones? Just who you would take. In the fighting pit, it's like where is this guy? I mean, this guy took out those sand snakes who dominated every. I mean, the, like it was nothing. I mean, he just donkey put all. He just destroyed these people. I mean, is this guy? Is he top three? Is he top two? Oh, he's top is he three. Number one? Is he? Would he be Braun easily one on one? Would he? What about the uh, the Hound? Oh, that's man. My top three is the Hound, Euron, uh, and probably the Mountain. And the guy who bested the mountain, who, right. got, who got careless, got his head, brain crushed. I mean, that guy may be the best, most skilled fighter of them all. Unfortunately, he's dead. But, yeah, I, you think, know. I think according to the lore, like the top fighters in Westeros was Sandor Clegane, um, you know, the Hound. Um, uh, Ned Stark was up there. Uh, Sir Barristan uh, Selmy was at the top. Jamie Lannister was probably top two, top three. Until he lost his hand. There's a lot. You know what we should do is I think I think next Game of Thrones episode we should come prepared with like a bracket challenge of of what we want in in you know defending That's, us and we should just do elimination rounds. You know. I don't know if anybody's done that yet. Why I have no idea since you know the Game of Thrones. I mean I think the Ringer has like the 50, Ringer likes to claim that they did like, everything. They have like fifty Game <laughs> of Thrones posts of. A week, so I mean, they haven't done that yet. We got to beat them to that one. We got to post. We got to get on that. Let's do they, it. They have the death bracket, I think, but they actually do have some really good game of thrones oh, yeah. stuff. Like oh, there's yeah. some interesting stuff, like the Ask the Meister. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, getting away from that a little bit, I wanted to talk about Jon Snow's meeting with Daenerys and Tyrion. Uh, it started off a little shaky because Jon Snow refused to take a knee and. Uh, he reverse Kaepernicked it. So Jay, why don't you kind of <laughs> why don't you kind of take us through that? Well, you know, I I left with the impression that Daenerys is kind of I don't know. I've always been torn about her character. I always kind of root her on, uh, basically because she has dragons and you know. Uh, but she has this. I think that scene was just so great because it shows how their characters want to lead. You know, you have Daenerys who thinks she was born to lead. It's she's earned it already she deserves it she was she's comfortable with that fact and then you have john and that the the timing of the scene when uh 
uh, Davos uh, introduced him was was like that was grade A uh, TV. But you know, you see, he's very hesitant about his role. I think the best line in the show, uh, minus the banter between Orlando and uh, Jamie, was when um, Daenerys said something effective. You know, if you if you're good at something, you gotta love doing it. And John basically says, "Yeah, but I don't love." what I'm good at, you know, and I thought that just spoke volumes in a nutshell of who those characters are. And he's such I a just, tortured soul. Yeah, you know, he just, he doesn't, he he just feels responsible to do the best he can, and he's been thrust in this situation by others, you know, whereas Daenerys, she's thrusted herself into this position, and everyone should follow her, so they're like complete opposites in that regard, and I love how the scene plays out, just uh, hammering that point in. So, T-Hole, my wife is convinced that uh, Daenerys is already, like, in love with Jon Snow. Like, I didn't see it. Did, are you seeing that at all? Or Yes, I, yes. I, yes, absolutely. Towards the end there, especially, yeah. she kind of gazed off at him as she was. He kind of walked <laughs> away. She gave him the little look where if he had looked back, he would have been like, uh-huh, yeah, it's in the back. So I think that's definitely on the table there. I don't know if we're going to find out later if they're somewhat, somehow related somehow, which is what a lot they of people are related, think. But they, well, right. Yeah, they're both Targaryens. <laughs> right. So, But, I mean, I guess that works for Targaryens. They used to, you know, that's what they do. So maybe they can bring that back too, although I don't think Jon Snow would be in for that kind of thing if they were related by blood. He's just not that kind of guy. But, yeah, I think she's definitely... Definitely feeling him. He's an impressive man. He's a handsome man. He's a successful man. He's done things nobody's ever done. He's somehow, for whatever reason, joined the Night Watch, and look what happened. Now he's leading armies, king of the north, whatever. Instead of being stuck on a damn wall for the rest of his life, he's now controlling armies, controlling half the world. I mean, this is incredible. He's a great man. She should be in love with him. So I think, hopefully, though, they let him out of there, and he leaves the... The, uh, the mining of the dragon glass to the uh, soldier so he can get back to doing what he does best, which is killing, even though he said he doesn't, he hates it. But that's what he's good at, man, and he's going to keep slaughtering, keep leading men and doing what he does. But yes, short answer, yes, she's feeling him. Okay. Well, uh, getting back to incest, uh, I guess, <laughs> since this is Game uh, of Thrones, so it's like obviously a big topic but uh cersei and jamie uh went at it again and uh cersei told the person who came in uh to change the sheet so apparently things uh, got a little messy there um so is is this ever gonna end jay um is this relationship ever gonna end is uh euron gonna get to marry cersei um in the future it'll be interesting you know i think it plays into a a larger discussion of of who's going to win the war you know now that we're into episode three daenerys is in a tough spot she's basically lost the war her her uh is that the impression that you got yeah i mean pretty much you have her her entire unsullied army now uh stuck at casterly rock um which by the way i actually have a feeling that uh uh sir davos the onion knight is uh his skills are going to come into play because if you remember he he rescued Stannis uh, Baratheon by sneaking in food into a similar situation. Um, uh, that's how they met. That's their lore. But, you know, and then you have uh, um, House Tyrell taken out by uh, the Lannisters. So that army is now gone. You have the Dornish uh, leaders uh, captured, essentially. So I don't know uh, if this is more of a story thing where they want to wrap up the Dorn thing. Because we, we don't... I feel like if they had introduced maybe the hand 
to Alaria since she's in charge. They could have, you know, used that army and used that uh, character to progress that. But it seems like they're going to want to get rid of Dorne uh, now. So, I mean, who who else is left that's following uh, Daenerys? I mean, she, she has... Just the Dothraki's left, essentially. She has some dragons, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, but I, I kind of get the feeling that, you know, th- this may force her hand to ally with the North, and in that regard, the North doesn't really care much about the Lannisters at the moment. Their, no, their focus no. is, you know, on on the White Walkers. So, and if people pay attention to um, the trailer, you know, we we have. At some point, Jon Snow does go uh, past the wall. He he does go against the White Walkers, and uh, it'd be interesting. It, it, in my head, I kind of see that he's going to get this dragon glass, and he's actually going to meet up. Uh, and I, it would make sense to me to bring a small party to kind of try to. I guess the plan might be to take out the White Walkers' leadership, because you know when you think about the White Walkers, if you if you take a whole army to fight them head on, you're basically giving them your people when they die. So you're doubling their army size. Essentially, when when you're starting to lose your numbers, so I could see like a small raiding party being the strategy here that John formulates. I mean, we saw that, you know, the Hound with with um, uh, with with uh, uh, Barrick, you know, the flaming sword guy, and you saw them in the same scenery in that trailer too. So maybe they meet up at something. I know, um, and then you got Tormund in Eastwatch, which is the castle uh, on the on the coast there uh, next to the wall. So that I I'm looking. You know, it's weird. I I don't mean to ramble on, but, you know, you realize that there are only four episodes left in this season already. And we're not even halfway. So, I mean, it's just like so much stuff is going to happen. It's it's incredible to think about. Yeah, it is. You know what I found crazy is like, I don't know, I was kind of a casual watcher, like up until the first couple seasons or uh, up until like the past couple seasons when shit really got real. But uh, I didn't realize like everyone didn't besides people north of the wall didn't think that the white walkers existed that, right. that's great mm-hmm. like it was some kind of fairy tale to scare little children yeah right it seems like everyone in the north has bought into it and um i guess that really brings significance to that scene a couple seasons ago when Jon snow is kind of like face to face with the night king but yeah speaking of the night king you retweeted a hilarious tweet the other day of the Night King singing uh, Drake's Passion Fruit, and I just wanted to bring that up because that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. It was just so weird to see, you know, his face doing that. So it was kind of like I was hypnotized by it. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I can take him serious going forward <laughs> after seeing that. I don't know. Um, but is there anything else you guys want to cover with, uh, oh, definitely Lady uh, Olin dies at the end of the episode. She's poisoned by Jamie. But she, T-Hole, she definitely had uh, some savage things to say on the way out. What would you think of that? Yeah, it was great. She had a great run on the show, great character, a lot of spunk to her. I mean, it was kind of a quick end to the squad in Dorne there. I mean, that was a pretty, uh, pretty quick or high guard. ending. Or yeah. Yeah, High Garden, sorry. That was a pretty quick death and a pretty quick just destruction of their army and defenses, but whatever. It was it was it needed to happen, but she did her job and now that Jamie knows that his brother, who everybody was blaming for the death of Joffrey, so now he knows at least he was innocent, so maybe he can feel better about releasing him. So I was glad 
to for him to know that because Jamie's kind of on the fence. It's like, do we like him? Is he a good dude? It seems like he is a good dude after the first season when he just seemed like a total tool, uh, incest-driven savage. <laughs> but he's become kind of. I mean, you've seen some soft sides of him, but we don't know. I he could end up being a pretty important guy here. I mean, is he going to go down to the to the to the very end with Cersei here, or is he going to kind of see the light and and do something good? I'm leaning towards something good. I like him, but he just seems so hypnotized by Cersei. Like even in that uh, in that conversation he had with Lady Olin, he was just kind of she was like straight up telling him like she's awful. You know she's awful. Like what are you doing? And he's basically just like yeah, um, yeah, I'm riding with her. Uh, that's not really what he said, but like that's kind of the tone of the conversation, basically. Yeah, but. Uh, I like I like him and I think he's a good dude and I know he loves his Tyrion which Cersei clearly yeah. is not a fan. So we'll see what goes down there. But yeah, I was sad to see her go. But as we progress, you know, these things need to happen. People need to be taken out. Stuff needs to go down. So it's it's cool. But R.I.P. to her. She had a great run. Yeah, definitely. Jay, um, it seems like Tyrion is kind of running things for Daenerys right now. I mean, uh, she's taken a lot of his advice. Do you think that he has an ulterior motive at all, like kind of like a, a Baelish type of thing going on, or is he um, is he really true to her? Yeah, as- you know, I'd, I'd say that in this world anything's possible. I, I would say at this point, no, just because to have that kind of dynamic character shift, um, not only would it feel... Uh, kind of cheap if it was kind of mm-hmm. this uh, surprise type of thing, like maybe close to the season. But it would just be like there's just no context for it, so it'd feel kind of lazy at the same time. Um, I just I can't see it just because I think we we've built up so much uh, character development in that he really was looking for someone like Daenerys to follow. He enjoys being in the game. He enjoys um, kind of trying to outsmart um, his foes and. Granted, his strategy so far has been kind of uh, overturned a bit. I, I'm surprised that someone, you know, Jamie Lannister isn't really known for his uh, military expertise. In fact, I think lore-wise, you know, uh, Tywin was probably one of the great military minds. Um, obviously, he's not around. Rob Stark was known to be one of the great military minds, even though his reign was, was shorter than most. So, Did but- you say Stannis? No, I said uh, Tywin and um, Rob Stark. So I, I just wanted to add Stannis to that list, too. Oh, yeah, Stannis, you're right. Yeah, Stannis was also one of the top military minds. Um, but, yeah, you know, just it's interesting. They, they kind of gave a shout-out, too, because Jamie Lannister was talking about Rob Stark in, in using his strategy. So I thought that was kind of cool that, you know, Rob Stark's uh, strategy when he kidnapped by doing kind of like the the Mississippi shuffle, you know, where you go left and they go, or you go right and they go left, you know, type of thing, uh, when he kidnapped Jamie uh, back in season uh, two. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's an interesting dynamic. It, I feel unsettled that Tyrion is getting outsmarted so easily so far, but I think it, it'll serve to a greater point in the plot. But to answer your main question, yeah, I think, I think Tyrion is pot committed uh, with mm-hmm. uh, with Daenerys and I, I just at this point it would just be so surprising to me that you know while the shock value would be there if he did betray her I think people would realize that it's just like it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense at all at this point so yeah at this point like yeah like you were saying there's no uh, points really in the story that would even foreshadow that 
But I, I just uh, I thought it was an interesting question. But T Hole, I wanted to throw the next one to you. Um, Littlefinger, he's still hanging around. Um, what do you think his plot is at this point? I mean, he's just kind of sitting there with his with his little weird ass smile, but uh, hasn't really said much this season. So, what do you think he's up to? Yeah, it seems like he's been getting kind of shut down. I don't really know what he desires. Like, he seems like he loves playing the game. He likes giving advice on playing the he's game. He's always does got he wa- that shitty smile, though. But does he want to like? Does he think he? Does he want to lead? Like, does he want to be the the ruler, like on the Iron Throne? I mean, that's where I gotta get the vibe. But I don't feel like anybody would ever have that. Nobody's following this guy like that. He should have just been chilling at the Vale and taking over there for Robin. The little weakling who I think in the books was killed, but I don't know if he's still alive over there in the in the show. But he should just be over there instead of meddling around. I think he's a little con- I think he was a little concerned that the Meister, whoever said the guy, the last Meister kept every single Raven or a copy of every single note that a Raven brought over and over again. So there might be there people are looking into whether he had some involvement in the assassination attempt on the child and any of this other stuff or how, how he was involved. He had let's, Tyrion. let's not forget that Bran probably knows what Littlefinger has right. been doing. Yeah. He, oh, true, yeah. He's got to be he's got to be concerned if what kind of meddling and you don't even know the full extent of what kind of meddling he's done behind the scenes which seems to be his forte of just kind of weaseling his way around. So, you know, Sans that seemed to be a little bit turned on by his last piece of advice after kind of <laughs> After giving him the the uh, the forehand backhand, stay away from me for the last couple episodes. It seemed like he really touched her with his last little piece of advice there for her. So maybe he's gonna win her over. I certainly hope. Yeah, not. He's, a, he's a sneaky little fucker. He really yeah. is. <laughs> but Jay, you mentioned Bran, so he returned to Winterfell. Um, he had a conversation, interesting conversation with uh, Sansa, but he's mentioned that he needed to talk to Jon Snow, and I just, I found the whole, what you get from Bran's vibe, like, what what do you, what do you think he's, um, what do you think he has in store, uh, what do you think he has to tell Jon? Yeah, I wish they, they added a little bit more context with this character, We're, we have to assume that he's becoming more detached from reality based on what his what his skill set is now. Yeah. You know, obviously you need to probably read into that a little bit, especially casual watchers of the show, which I totally get. I was a little off put by that weird scene, but I think it, I think they made it just so weird. It's like, Hey girl, you look pretty when you were raped. You know, they, it's just so stunning the way that he would, you know, mention that and Sansa's reaction. I think they're trying to basically, um, show you about how much he's changed and, and how, strange that what what path he's traveling in regards to john i really think that's that's the link where he tells him that he's a targaryen and uh that that i mean who knows how it's gonna work like who i mean there's there's like only a few people it's uh it's um you know the father of uh you know the the i forget the name now um you know ned's best friend um who was at the yeah, Teal or Matt, do you know who I'm talking about? Like Howland. Howland I, I can, there we go. Howland Reed. I could yeah. I could uh I had the face in my in my yeah. head, but I couldn't think of the Right. So Howland think of the Reed name. Yeah, Holland Reed and Bran are the only ones who know of the the Targaryen connection. Uh, and of course they, they haven't introduced Howland Reed and be a little late in the series now to introduce a new pointing character. So we just have to assume that Bran is the only one who's gonna be able to tell John 
I mean, how do you prove that? I have no idea. How would you make Daenerys believe that? Who knows? But I think it might have something to do with the dragons. We saw a little foreshadowing in, in the last episode where, you know, the, the banter between Tyrion and Jon and Jon mentioned that he's no Stark, you know, alluding to the fact that he's a bastard. But as soon as he said, I'm no Stark, you know, um, the dragon flew right over him. So that was kind of an in-your-face foreshadowing, I think. So we'll see. Uh, you know, it's rumored that uh, the two other dragon riders are going to be Tyrion and Jon Snow. So we, we, we'll have to see that uh, happen. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Tiho, I wanted to throw this to you. Um, it seems like Sam's been kind of the MVP of this season so far. I mean, he alerted Jon Snow of the Dragonstone that uh, he can mine, and then he cures Jorah of his scale uh, disease. <laughs> I forget the name of it. Um, grayscale. Yeah, grayscale, there it is. Um, it seems like he kind of got the ass end of, of the deal where he is not making really any progress towards being a meister and the dude was just kind of like, yeah, you did a great thing, but you still need to like copy these manuscripts over. So do you see Sam becoming a meister anytime soon or is this just tough love? I don't know. I mean, that's just how the game goes. You can't just you don't get just become magically become a meister overnight. I mean, yeah, he did a great thing, which by the way, uh, which no one else no, has been able to do yeah, without nobody, infecting. Nobody's able to do. He reads a book and just you know goes at it for the first time like it was nothing. Nobody notices. He cuts it all off of him. I mean, it's just a little ridiculous. But I mean, kudos to Samuel Tarley. His dad's obviously a tool, uh, kind of a dick. We can see why he sent him off. He's not the same kind of man obviously so yeah he's a good job and he's he's doing a good job and he's helping john out he's a great ally he helps her joy i'm thinking he'll probably bounce you know before becoming a maestro i'm thinking his right. services are going to be needed with snow winterfell after he picks up a couple more skills or maybe the even maybe the guys there maybe give him the honor at record-breaking pace and just let him go back where he's needed because shit is about to go down in a major way and he might do, be needed. Do you think that was a goal all along for him? Was just to pick up knowledge and not actually, you know, become a meister? No, not necessarily. I don't I don't think they knew the timeline and everything was going to go forward this fast and that's where they needed him and they wanted him to take over for that. But at the same time, I think they, they weren't sure where everything was headed and stuff has just progressed quicker than he or snow or anybody was really thinking so i'm thinking it might be he just doesn't have time to do fully complete his training before he's needed back with the squad all right uh so jay to wrap up um we kind of need to do an update um who is going to be the next big character to go Ooh, let's see we were totally off on Arlena. i mean i guess she she is we were the main characters but we never saw that one coming um, ooh, you know, that's a tough one. I maybe Baelish. Maybe no. I like. I think they'll keep Baelish around till the end. Honestly, I was thinking uh, Melisandre. I think they're kind of uh, foreshadowing yeah, that. Yeah, or maybe that or Grey Worm. Yeah, one of those two. Maybe no, not Grey Worm. Oh, Grey Worm in his. Uh, so he's not able to perform. So he performed orally. I I believe that was in the second. Uh, to last episode, but yeah, that was that was an interesting scene. What about you, Teal? Who do you think's the next to go? The next to go, God, man, I really, I really, 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 really have no idea what's happening here. It could be a new. 
I would mention it's Game of Thrones tradition to have a big thing happen, like an episode or two episodes before the finale. You know, that's where you got the Red Wedding and the Black, the Battle of Blackwater Bay, uh, Hard Home. Uh, you know, all the big like uh, Battle of the Bastards. You know, I'm gonna go with maybe maybe I'm gonna go with Sansa, man. I, w- I wouldn't mind if she gets killed. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just go with her. I'm not a big fan, really. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan either. I haven't been for a while. Um, Jay, do you, do you have anything to add before we get out of here about uh, the future of the show? Anything I mean, like I, that? I, anything I, we missed? I don't. I mean, this this next episode will mark the halfway point of the season. I think I, I have the feeling that we'll have a lot to talk about because I think this episode will set up the remaining uh, story arcs for the season. So we're going to see exactly where the chess pieces are aligned. We're going to see what direction they're pointed. And I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it. So that's, that's all we I We should got. fly out to Jay's for the season finale. He can cook us dinner. He's a phenomenal cook. We've seen what he's doing. I want to go out there. We can see the art gallery. We can stay at a hotel. We'll go to his house for dinner. And then we'll go out to dinner the next day. But we need to go out there. I need to see this. Jay is a phenomenal cook. You I guys are witness. always invited, and I'll always cook you the best food. Especially you, T-Hole. We'll do it over candlelight, dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys yeah. are dating now. I forgot. <laughs> Jay, is the art gallery open? Uh, the website just launched. The gallery is close to being open. Um, basically, right now, I'm just in the process of looking for some artists. Uh, you know, that, that requires some recruitment. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we should eh, – oh, and we have to pass code. So that that's okay. all that's standing in the way. Mm. Do you want Thanks to plug the website while we're here? Oh, yeah, it's just uh, igallery31.com. Um, the name of the gallery is Gallery 31, but we have our internet side where uh, we get a lot of uh, new and interesting artists to show. Um, for people who need contests, you know, my mother's an artist. I grew up in the world of art. I just, I'm not an artist myself. I just, I appreciate it for what it is. Uh, I appreciate the expression that it comes from, and I've always, I've always loved it. So it, it's kind of a passion of mine on the side. So, um, yeah, I, I know it doesn't really... Uh, mix with fantasy football, but it's just how it happened. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so your Twitter, uh, do you want to plug that real quick before we get out of here? Uh, J wrong, J A Y wrong. And T hole, you want to plug your Twitter? Uncle Daddy T hole. That's are me. you get, are you gonna do some regular season writing, or are you gonna have any preseason stuff for football coming up? I'm ready whenever I'm called upon, sir. I'm ready to go. I'm You're called upon. Like to, Give the people what they need. Okay. I'll do, you know, it's, it, you know, it's been a long year for me. I'm ready to hop back in at full four, so I'm ready to, to give a little preseason action. I don't know if I'm still able to do rankings at Fantasy Pros, but I'd love love to bang out those. But, I mean, Yes, real, quick, real quick news about Fantasy Pros. They they went through a purge this last season. Ooh, so, essentially, um, I'm yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's out except me and Rudy at Razzball. Me, Rudy, and Greg. Okay, it's yeah. all good. I had a good run there. I got first place of the week. That's all that matters. Quit while you're on top. That's what I do. That's what I want to do. I'm going back to the streets, back to the grassroots until they're begging me to come back to Fantasy Pros. That's what I wanted to hear. Motivation, motivation, motivation. So I will just come up with something on my own and uh, post it. But that's okay. We weren't, we weren't the only site that was affected by this. Places like ESPN, Yahoo, Fox, they, they, had, some, they, cut, they had some people be cut down. So oh, really? I wouldn't take it personally, T-Hole. I, w- I, won't, I won't. They hated me anyway. It's all good. I'm an underdog, <laughs> and I'm coming back heavy. 
But it's okay because uh, T-Hole is still going to do rankings. Matt is going to be doing rankings. Zach is going to be doing rankings. You guys still have access to the tools. We're going to be using those throughout the season, and we're going to be uh, giving giving the fans what they want, man. They want different opinions. They want different opinions from our experts, and all of us have a part to play this season. That's what I got to say. We are growing. We are the biggest that we have ever been, and, and we're mind- right uh, keep in mind, too, I just want to mention the fact that the reason why we're doing this is because we are going to be launching staff rankings, where it combines all of our rankings together for Razzball readers, so that way they can, they can see where not only where us four differentiate, where T-Hole, you know, or I'm sorry, us five, because Rudy will be doing his for the tools, uh, Zach and Matt and myself, where we differentiate, but they'll also see kind of an average, so if they want to take the Razzball brand as a whole and take it to the take it to the championship with that they can do that as well so good stuff excellent uh yeah you can find me on twitter at Razzball underscore mb uh if you haven't already go back to last week and check out my interview with matt Harmon. it was a really good time it's uh yeah you liked it that was good good um yeah we uh had an interview about uh, his how he analyzes wide receivers and kind of his data on that. And it was, it was super inter- interesting. He's a cool dude to talk to. I, I analyze your wide receiver. <laughs> oh, there we go. So you're, t- you're cheating on T hole then. It's an open relationship. <laughs> it sure is. So don't forget we have RCL leagues dropping next week. So go ahead and get your name in the hat on those. Uh, I will have an IDP article dropping next week. Uh, same day as this is coming out, I'll have a piece on Marcus Mariota, and I believe we'll be uh, wrapping up the division previews. So we got a lot going on in the next week. We should get Zach back on the podcast. We'll have Game of Thrones episodes. We're just going to throw it at you all August. So uh, be prepared. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.